Happy New Year, and thank you for joining us for Church Online. Really glad you're with us today. Do us a favor, let your friends know about this service and this church by liking, commenting, sharing, doing all those things. And hey, let our service hosts know that you're there with us today. Uh, jump into the comments section, send us a direct message. We'd love to connect with you. Before we get started today, I just wanna say this is the first Sunday of 2021. And we are all kind of holding our breath, right? Because 2020 was not the year that we expected. And who knows what 2021 holds? You know what's funny though, is every year is like that. We don't really know what the coming year holds for us. We just kind of step into it with all kinds of hope. And I think this year especially, hope is the thing that we're all holding out for. As we look forward, I wanna just point something out to you. Our church is in a whole new era. As of today, this Sunday, we are officially a network of churches that are following Jesus together, meaning that today we have services happening in person in Desert Hot Spring, in person in Cathedral City, and then all over through Church Online. So thanks for being a part of this. God is doing something significant through our church. So continue to tune in, continue to be a part, and continue to, to partner with us as we step into the new year. Why don't we take a moment and pause together to pray before we get into today's message so that we can kind of clear our hearts and minds and be ready to receive what God would say to us today. Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, this has been a weird year for everyone. 2020 was not the year that we expected it to be. However, in the midst of a global pandemic, and polarization and protests and everything that was happening in our nation this last year. We have seen you be faithful to us. We've seen you guide us through. Lord, you've grown our church through Church Online. You've helped us to expand our reach now with multiple campuses. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that today as, as we look forward, that not only would we take time to have hope for tomorrow, but that we would take this moment to pause and reflect on where we are today and what it is you're saying to us today. And so I pray as we take a moment to, to look into the scriptures and kind of take a time to assess ourselves, that you would speak to us. I pray that during this time, the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, I wanna to take a few minutes to really talk about the heartbeat of our church, talk about who we are and, and where we're going as a church. As I said a moment ago, we are a network of churches following Jesus together. So if I had a title for today's message, it would simply be follow, because that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to talk about what it really means to follow Jesus and to be someone that follows him. You know, being a Christian is, is about living out the Jesus life in the here and now, while we're progressing towards our eternal hope. Let me say that for you again. Being a Christian is about living out our faith in Jesus, the Jesus life in the here and now, while we're progressing towards our eternal hope. It's a both and kind of thing. Being a Christian is, is about saying, today my life is gonna look different. I am going to engage in a different lifestyle because 
of Jesus and what he has done in my life. And because I want to mimic Jesus, I'm going to use his life as a template that I'm going to lay over my own life and I'm going to follow in his footsteps day by day. But also, it's not just a here and now thing. It's, it's, a, it's a future kind of thing. We are progressing towards a hope. It's so important to remember, if anything, this last year has taught us that we have an eternal hope in Jesus, that no matter what's going on in the world around us, we don't hope in our systems, we don't hope in our leaders, we don't hope in any of those things. Though we hope for good from all of them, our hope, the thing that we cling to day by day, is Jesus and our eternity with him. The progress of our lives is leaning forward Day by day following Jesus. I like to say it this way, and I, and I have stolen this from Eugene Peterson, that our goal as we follow Jesus is a long obedience in a single direction. In other words, that if we're going to be people that follow Jesus, we're going to continue to be obedient to him. We're just going to keep saying yes to him. Day by day, as we are made more and more like him, we're going to say yes to Jesus, and we're going to keep moving in that one direction, following after him. In fact, so often we allow being a Jesus follower to, to be about other things that it's important for us to just pause and hit the reset button right now. Sometimes we, we think that being a Jesus follower means that we go to a certain kind of church or it means that, that we, we have a certain set of beliefs or it means that we have a certain, listen, those things are good. We should have a church that we're a part of just like you're engaged with us right now. You have a church that you're a part of right here. You're a part of us. But also, it's good to have the right set of beliefs. But it's about so much more. See, sometimes we allow being a follower of Jesus to be about doctrine and dogma and the right kind of a, uh, of a worldview that we forget that it's, it's about something so much more. It's about literally committing our lives to living a different kind of way. See, the first followers of Jesus were not even called Christians. It took decades before they were called Christians. The first followers of Jesus were actually called people of the way or followers of the way because they lived their lives in a different sort of way. And because they lived their lives in a different sort of way, it meant that for them, following Jesus was about a new way of life. And the way of life that we live is a here and now kind of way of life. And it's a progressing towards eternity in our hope in Jesus kind of life. If we're gonna follow Jesus then we have to understand that it's not about a destination and it's not about just having the, the right sort of dogma and the right set of traditions. No, following Jesus is the point. If there's one thing I want you to remember today, it's that if you are going to commit your life to Christ, then following Jesus is the point. Day by day, step by step, following him so that you can engage in the Jesus life in the here and now. So that you can engage in, in the world in the way that Jesus would. Imagine for a moment that Jesus was living in your body, in your skin, in your life, having your job, your family, your neighbors, living on your street. What would Jesus' life look like? That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to say, I am gonna live out the Jesus life in the here and now. See, it's, it's really simple. When Jesus was walking the earth, he was showing us a new way of life. And then when he ascended into heaven, he gave us his spirit. His spirit dwells inside of those that follow him. 
his spirit so that we could continue to be Jesus walking out all over the world, to continue to show the world what it is to follow him. Following Jesus is the point. Being a Christian is not about taking your life and adding some Jesus to it. It's about putting Jesus into your life and letting him expel the stuff that doesn't belong there in the first place. There was a, an early follower of Jesus that really got this the right way. He's actually probably, other than Jesus, my favorite figure in the entire New Testament is John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was basically Jesus' cousin, and he was the prophet of the day. I mean, he was a wild man. He stood out in the Jordan River outside of the city limits, and he would yell at the city. And the dude was dressed in camel skin, and he had long hair that had never been cut since the time he first started growing hair. He'd never cut his hair, and he ate locusts and wild honey. I mean, he was a wild man in every sense of the word, a real prophet of God. And he was the forerunner of Jesus. He's a fascinating figure. And he made this statement about Jesus. In John chapter 3, verse 30, he says, This is the assigned moment for him, for Jesus, to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. This is the assigned moment for Jesus to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. See, John's unusual life and John's powerful ministry as a prophet was, was so impactful that when Jesus showed up, John literally had to tell people, hey, hey, stop following me and go follow Jesus. It's time for me to slip off to the sidelines and Jesus to move to the center. It's such an important way to think of what it is to follow Jesus, that our lives would begin to slip to the sidelines so that the Jesus life would shine through us and be the primary thing about us. When I was in 10th grade, I, I took geometry. I think a lot of people probably do around that age. They, they take a geometry class in high school. I remember I took geometry, and geometry is the one math class that I ever did well in. And there's a reason for that. Uh, well, there's really two reasons. One, the first reason is I had a great teacher. Uh, his name was Colonel Armstrong. He was a retired Air Force colonel, and he was a great math teacher. He decided after he retired from the Air Force to, to go and, and teach high school math for my school, which was great. The other reason was I took the class with my buddy, Nick Hawley. I'm terrible at math. Nick Hawley, on the other hand, was really good at it. And so, you know, each day before class, Nick and I would compare homework. And that's pretty much the only way that my homework was right all through 10th grade, taking that geometry class, was I had my buddy Nick to help me along the way. But I'll never forget, geometry made a lot more sense to me because like algebra is really linear, right? It's, it's, it's A plus B equals C. And why you would incorporate letters into math, I don't understand. It's tough enough just taking an English class. All of a sudden you throw into the mix of uh, English and math. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. So anyhow, geometry made sense because geometry is spatial, right? It's about shapes and lines and figures. And, and, and so it's just a different sort of thinking that's involved. And I'll never forget, one day, Colonel Armstrong said something in that class that was honestly life-changing for me. And it, it wasn't even like a, 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 a big deal. In fact, when I say it, you're going to say, well, yeah, of course. But he made this statement, and it was about geometry. It wasn't necessarily about life. But for me, it gave me a picture, a framework to help understand what it is to follow Jesus. He said that a circle, see, we're talking about shapes and lines, all that stuff. He said that a circle is just 
all of the points that are the equal distance away from a center point. So you get a center point, and every point that's the exact same distance from that center point, that's what makes a circle. Totally makes sense, right? And then he said this. He said, so whatever the name of the center point is, that's going to be the name of the circle. So if the center point is named A, then the circle is circle A. And if the center point is B, then the circle is circle B. Or if the center point is Rick, then the circle is the Rick circle. That's just the way that it works. Whatever the center point is, that's what defines the circle. And whatever's at the center of our lives, that's what tends to define us. Whatever we place at the center, that's what defines us. We're a lot like a circle. See, I, I think our lives look a lot like a circle. There's just a lot of stuff that's piled up into our immediate circle. And some of us have a really big circle and some of us have a narrower circle. And that's not the, 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 the issue at play here. The issue at play is what is at the middle of the circle? Because whatever's at the center, that's what's going to define your life. You see, if you place a relationship at the center of your circle... Whatever that relationship is, and however that relationship is going, that's going to define how everything else in your circle is going, right? Like, I mean, just think about it. Think about that, that, that 10th grader, right? We'll go back to 10th grade, Mr. Armstrong's class, Colonel Armstrong's class. Think of that 10th grader that, that, you know, falls in love with the girl. You know, he sees the girl. He thinks she's the one. He is in love, head over heels. However his relationship with that girl is going determines how his life is going because his entire life is consumed by that crush. Or maybe it's your professional ambition ambition. Your professional ambition becomes the center of your circle. And however things are going at work, that's what begins to define how you're doing as a person. Or maybe it's your family. Maybe you've moved your family to the center of your circle. You know, this is a really popular one in our culture. Our culture acts like family is the ultimate, most important thing. And I'm not saying family's unimportant, but our culture almost elevates family to this position of, of worship, where, where family is more important than what's right, or family is more important than, than Jesus himself. And so, so we place family at the center of the circle. And if the family's doing okay, then I'm okay. But if something happens in the family, then my whole world, my circle goes into chaos. Whatever's at the center of your life defines the rest of your life. Whatever's at the center of your life is going to define the rest of your life. And as a follower of Jesus, I would tell you, do like John said. Jesus has to move to the center, and we move to the sidelines. In other words, make Jesus the defining factor in who you are. Place him at the center point of your life. My life is all about what does it mean to follow Jesus. Make Jesus the center point, and then everything else in my life has to bow to Jesus. See, a lot of times we think that that following Jesus means having like the right devotional practice, right? I get up in the morning, I read my Bible, I pray a little bit, and then I check that off my list and I go on for the day. And listen, I have no problem with the statement, put Jesus first in your life. I just know for me, I'm not a real linear thinker. And so if, if I say put Jesus first in my life, then I feel like that's just putting Jesus at the top of my list. And if he's at the top of my list, then I can just check him off my list and move on to the other things and not worry about Jesus impacting the rest of my life. Jesus has to be the center of my life so that no matter what's on my list, he's involved. No matter what I'm facing, Jesus is involved in the whole list. He is the central figure. You can't just check Jesus off of your list. Think of it this way. Jesus isn't just some sort of additive. 
He's the fuel. In other words, when, when I was young, my very first car was a 1973 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. I loved that car. It was such a fun car to drive. In fact, there's a small part of me that, that dreams and wishes about still having a, a classic Volkswagen today. But I remember, I got that old Carmen Ghia and there was something unique about it that I had never experienced with a car before. That old engine and that old Carmen Ghia take, took leaded fuel. It took leaded fuel. Most of the gas that you buy anywhere in California is unleaded. So I had to put an additive into the fuel tank from time to time. I had this little bottle of stuff. It was a leaded fuel additive. Listen, Jesus isn't just something that you add to your tank. Jesus is the fuel. He's the one that makes everything move forward. Jesus has to be the center point. He has to be the focal point. Following Jesus is the point of our lives. Being in step with him, becoming more like him, living our lives so that we become more and more like him. That's the whole point. You see, following Jesus is challenging because if we really make our lives about following him, it's, it's no longer just about trying to do what we want to do and then adding Jesus to it. No, no, if you're going to follow Jesus, it means that your life becomes about doing what he wants. And if your life is about doing what he wants, then just know something. Sometimes he's going to lead you to places that you never expected. Following Jesus often means going where you never expected. See, if your life is all about you and you're just adding Jesus to it, then you're still doing everything you want. And you're just like, hey, Jesus, come with me. Come along, Jesus. Come do what I want to do. But if Jesus is the center of your life, then he's the one leading. You're actually following him. If you're following him, then that means that sometimes he's going to lead you into the unexpected. You know, this last couple of years has been all about unexpected for me as I follow Jesus. You know, in, in terms of, of, of ministry, what, what I do professionally as a pastor, it's been all about trying to follow Jesus and where he's going. And it's been a lot of unexpected. I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I, I had the privilege of serving at a great church with a great pastor down in Imperial, California. I loved my time there. I was, I was on staff there for over seven years. And honestly, if it had been entirely up to me, I would probably still be there because I liked it there. I liked being a part of that team. But following Jesus sometimes means going somewhere unexpected. And so all of a sudden, a little over a year ago, God called my wife and I to, to, to leave that church and to come to Desert Hot Springs and become pastors of Christian Center in Desert Hot Springs. And then all of a sudden, following Jesus into that lead pastor position, while I was not expecting to become a lead pastor and not expecting to move into that role, all of a sudden being a lead pastor didn't even look like what I expected because then we went into 2020, which we all know was the year that no one expected. But Jesus still led us through it. You know, during the last year, during 2020, we saw our church grow in tremendous ways. When my wife and I first came to the church here in DHS, uh, the, the adult congregation of this church was about 55 people. Right around 55 people were coming to this church in the English service on Sundays. And then God began doing a thing. When you follow Jesus, he begins to do things that you don't expect. And we saw the, 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 the church numbers grow in a big way in those first couple of months. You know what's crazy, though? Is over the course of the last year, our average attendance has more than tripled because of moving to this online experience. Listen, God is doing something unique, and you get to be a part of it. 
This last fall, again, just like the fall before, Jesus led us into something unexpected. And as of today, we are thrilled to enter into a a merged relationship with Valley Assembly of God in Cathedral City. We are now two churches that have become one, two locations, one church. And it's amazing. It's amazing that God has led us into this unusual thing. In the midst of a global pandemic, God said, hey, continue to expand, continue to do more, because sometimes following Jesus leads you into unexpected, scary territory. Leads you to do things that you wouldn't normally try to do on your own. The reason that we can do what God calls us to do, the reason that we can follow Jesus into the unexpected is because following Jesus is not just about trying to get it right all the time. Listen, if being a Christian is all about sin management for you, like trying to make sure that that you keep your, your good deeds outpacing your bad ones, then you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Should we not continue in the sin that we've always continued? Absolutely. Our lives should be transformed because of Jesus. But that's not the point. The point of following Jesus is that you don't go through life alone anymore. The point is that you are now with Jesus. I like to call this withness. The idea that following Jesus is about being with him. I call it withness, that we're staying close to him. We're staying in step with him. See, the, 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 the ancient culture that Jesus was born into, that first century Jewish culture that he was born into, Jesus was a rabbi, which meant that he was a teacher, a religious teacher that would travel from place to place telling people about the kingdom of God and the ways of God. And a rabbi like Jesus would have a group of people, a group of disciples, followers that were trying to become like him. And there was this saying about the rabbis of those days, you know, traveling down those dusty roads through a desert country, that if you were a really good disciple, then you would be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, you would be following him so closely that as he walked along, the dust that he would kick up with his sandals would cover you. You would be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Listen, you can only be covered in the dust of the rabbi if you are with the rabbi. Your life can only begin to look like Jesus through being with Jesus. Jesus absolutely wants to transform your life. And the way that he's going to do it is by you spending time with him. Not you trying to be a better version of yourself. It's not about self-improvement, although self-improvement will come along the way. It's about being with him. If you're with Jesus then you begin to see what Jesus does and you begin to do what Jesus does. In fact, we're going to talk about this a lot over the next few weeks, that first of all, we're called into this being with Jesus and that by being with Jesus, we begin to look like Jesus. See, we start with withness and then withness will move us into his likeness. And as we begin to become more like Jesus, then we begin to practice and do the things that Jesus does. Withness, likeness, practice. That's what God's calling us towards. That we would be with him, and in being with him, we would become like him. And if we become like him, then we would begin to practice the life that he lived. To be the kind of people that look like him in the world. The thing is, the world is going to change. 
Our church is going through massive changes right now. And I know that's challenging for a lot of us. You know, this idea that now we're, we're online and in person in multiple locations and we've got a new church name coming soon and, and all those things that are happening, all this big change. I know sometimes that's hard to, to, to grapple with. But listen, sometimes following Jesus means going into someplace unexpected. Maybe this year was really unexpected for you. And it feels like the worst thing possible. You know, maybe you, you, you weren't able to go back to work because of the pandemic. Or, or, or maybe you, you've had friends and family that, that got ill because of the pandemic. Or, or maybe you just have experienced the, the strain of relationships or the anxiety of isolation, whatever it is, because of the last year. Maybe you turn on the news at night and, and you just feel a tightness because of all of the tension and the anxiety that is happening in our world right now. Listen, Jesus never promised that everything would be easy. He only promised that we wouldn't go through this alone. But isn't that better? Isn't that better than making everything easy? I mean, if everything was easy for us, it, it would make us lazy. No, Jesus promised to be with us in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of adversity. Jesus promises withness. And that's the point. That's why we follow Jesus. Because being with him is really what it comes down to. Following Jesus is the point because following him means being with him. So follow Jesus. Things are going to change in our world. But Jesus is a constant companion. Follow Jesus. Things will change. But he is your constant companion. He'll never leave you alone. He'll never leave you on your own. He'll be with you through it all. And in being with you, he will transform your life. So follow Jesus. That's the point. Pastor, I don't know if I'm good enough to follow Jesus. You don't know all the things I've messed up. Pastor, no one's ever really wanted me around. Stop. Those voices, those, those narratives that you're telling yourself, just stop. Jesus never requires perfection in order to come to him. Jesus, in fact, is the most accepting, welcoming presence that you could ever come into contact with. He looks at your life and loves you so much that it doesn't matter to him where you're at. He invites you to follow him. And in following him, transformation will come. In following him, you'll become more like him. So maybe today that's you. Maybe today you need to make that first choice to follow Jesus. We like to say that making the decision to follow Jesus is as easy as ABC. A, we have to admit it. We have to admit that our lives are not the way that they were intended. We have to admit that there are things about us that, that are broken. We have to admit that we're sinners. We have to admit that we can't save ourselves. We have to admit that our brokenness has separated us from God. B, we have to believe. We have to believe that Jesus is able to save us. We have to believe that, that following in his, foot, in his footsteps will transform us. We have to believe in Jesus. And then C, we have to choose. 
We have to choose to follow Jesus each and every day. Make that first choice today, and then day by day, moment by moment, continue to make the choice to follow Jesus, to put him at the center of your life, to do like John said very publicly, Jesus is now going to move to the center so that I can move to the sidelines. It's all about following Jesus. Today, if that's you, if you need to surrender your life and say, Jesus, it's not about me anymore. I'm going to make it about you. Whether it's for the first time or the thousandth time, it doesn't matter. Today is your opportunity to say, Pastor, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to follow Jesus. If that's you, would you just pray a simple prayer with me? One sentence that opens the conversation between you and God that will go on through all of eternity as you begin to follow Jesus. One sentence. Pray with me this. Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. One prayer, one sentence. Give your life to Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. If today you prayed that prayer for the first time, we're so excited. We're excited that you've made the choice to follow Jesus. Or maybe you've made that decision after a long time of, of coming back to him today. Whatever that is, do us a favor. If you're in church online, click on that raise hand icon, or if you're with us on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you found us online today, send us a direct message or, or drop into the comments and let us know that you prayed that prayer today because our service hosts would love to connect with you, would love to pray with you, and would love to help you as you take your next steps in following Jesus. Listen, I know there are a lot of us that are tuned in today that would say, you know what, I, I've been following Jesus for a long time, but in a lot of ways, it's become about a ritual for me. It's become about, about just following into a, falling into a routine. Listen, the last year completely disrupted all of our routines. So what if today, instead, we just made a decision to put Jesus back at the center of our lives? Why don't we do that right now? Maybe you're someone that says, you know what, Pastor, I need a, I need a fresh touch from God today, or I, I need to, to recommit my life to him. Or maybe you would just say, you know what, I, I just feel like other things in my life have become really loud and, and, and really distracting. I need to set those things aside. I want to invite you to just pray with me for a moment. Close your eyes, drive out all the distractions, and maybe just focus in on the words that I'm saying right now. We're just going to pray that Jesus would help us to set aside the distractions and place him back at the center of our lives. Jesus, would you forgive us? Forgive us for allowing our relationships to move to the center of our lives. Forgive us for allowing our politics to move to the center of our lives. Forgive us for allowing the behaviors, the patterns, those distractions to move to the center of our lives. And help us to place you at the center and keep you there each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you next time right here.